Yeah, so shouts out to BDSM and everybody on Fat Life. Have a good time. One point in time, I was like, man, everybody was like, man, you need to get you an assistant. I was like, an assistant? Why would I pay somebody to be an assistant when I could just join like a BDS community and get, get, and get me a sub <laughs> and make her run my social media page? <laughs> Yo, yo, what's up, though? Coming to you live from Austin, Texas at YMA Studios. It's the Danny Brown Show. <laughs> you got me, your boy, Danny Brown. It's your boy. Hanging out here with my dogs, the Booth Boys. What up, y'all? What up, yeah, man? Yeah, man, I miss y'all niggas, man. I'm happy to be back and shit, man. Happy to have you. Yeah, man, New York was wild. New York was a wild time, I would like to say. Yeah, man, so, um, yeah, I went to play Rolling Loud. <laughs> You know that was always a great time. I mean, it was it was actually good to um, play Rolling Loud because I remember like maybe I want to say um, maybe like eight years ago or something. Um, you know, I was back. Then, I was killing festivals. I was everywhere. I was all over the place. You know what I'm saying? I, I couldn't. I didn't even have a moment to fucking sit at the time. You know. And I remember when they first was like starting up the festival and shit. They were doing like um, they would do like polls. You know, they'll be like. Who would you like to see at our festival? This guy or this guy? And the fans would have to um, vote in for that shit. You know what I'm saying? At the time, I didn't think that was a cool thing to do, you know? And they had me in a poll against Ugly God. And that's no disrespect to Ugly God. Shouts out to Ugly God. Fucks with Ugly God. But I'm like, what the fuck? If you going to put me in a poll, they just book that nigga. You get what I'm saying, Lee? I'm good. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? If you got to if you got to pick if motherfuckers got to vote in, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, don't don't I wouldn't want to do it. So it was it was finally cool to um Finally play Rolling Loud. I guess that, you know, it's no grudges. It was never one on my part anyway, you know. But um, but yeah, um, and I and my whole shit was like, cause like I play music festivals, you know, rap festivals, this is a different vibe. And and soon as we got there, we realized how much of a different vibe it is. You know what I'm saying? As soon as we got there, it's like fucking extra, extra security out, police everywhere. They searching the car, they searching you, they going, you gotta bend over, spread your cheeks. I'm like, damn. I just want to do my show. But as soon as I got there, I, I should have known something was a little was a little um, off a little bit. Because they was like, man, as soon as I got there, they're like, um, you, you know, you, you should probably go on stage now. And I play at like seven. I want to say I probably got there at like six because you know I'm early. You know, so I play like about seven. I'm like, fuck no. I want to go in my dressing room. I want to, you know, get comfortable. Let me vibe out a little bit. And then, you know, like, shouts out to my manager, Dart. His ass was like, you know, rolling loud. We can't we can't let the same shit happen that happened at Retton and Leeds, man. You got to be your point. It's rolling loud. It's rolling loud. So he had me fly in a day earlier and shit. I'm at fucking rehearsal halls and shit. I'm rehearsing these fucking songs all fucking day. I didn't I didn't booze at all. I'm ready, you know, I'm ready. I played I'm ready to get out there and do my thing. I go out there, there's like 50 people. <laughs> I'm like, See, sometimes you got to know when to pick and choose your battles to get off work early. You know what I'm saying? 
And I fucked up and been getting off work too early, so I ain't got no more sick days. I can't call in no more, so I got to go through it. But it was a good, fun show. I just, you know, I zoned out, vibed out, and I played. But what it was, that's what they that's what they was trying to make me get on earlier because, you know, that's when that stage was packed or whatever. But at the same time, I've played, it was Chief Keith and, like, Lil Uzi or some shit at the same time. So, you know, it's a rap for my ass. That's like Rolling Loud Darlings. You know, they came up in that scene. You know what I'm saying? But to say the least, though, it, it was a great time. It was a great time. Got a chance to run around, do some podcasts. Shouts out to, um, I did the Skanks. And um, I ain't gonna lie, I was terrified to do that shit, man. And I knew, cause I, I going once I seen that fucking flyer, man. It's like, what the fuck? These niggas about to try to play me. I already knew it, man. I already knew it, cause I'm like, man, why would you use a picture from ten years ago? You know. And I wasn't in my, I, I wasn't doing my best at that time. You know, you gonna remind me. That's almost like a motherfucker that was like, um, if you was like six hundred pounds of shit and you lost all the weight and now you got muscles, but motherfucker still using pictures from when you were six hundred pounds and shit. You would be pissed. You know what I'm saying? So I was fucked up. Yeah, look at this guy right here, man. I'm so far removed from this motherfucker right here. This guy was a fucking animal. You know, I'm very wholesome content right now, you know? <laughs> so I was fucking nervous as fuck to play that shit. If it was one, I was like, damn, I hope I can get out of it. It was that one. But so I so when you see me on there, I got drunk as fuck. But that wasn't out of having a good time. That was literally out of fear. <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck was gonna happen. Then I know they do that lie detector shit to you and all that shit. I'm like, ah man, these niggas about to put me on lie detector test and ask a whole bunch of gay shit. I'm like, what the fuck? But whatever, man. I had I still had a good time though. Everybody was nice. I, um, Ari was out there, and uh, I, Ari took me to the cellar and shit. But I my ass was so drunk they wouldn't let me in. So. I didn't get a chance to go to the cellar, but I guess it was cool. I had a good time, man. Um, I did, um, Are You Garbage was great. Those guys were really good, man. I had a good time hanging out with them. But, man, I, um, I watched their podcast, and I, I, I told you never read the comments and shit, but I had to check them out. And motherfuckers is going ham on me because I said put a Nintendo tape in the freezer. I mean, that method used to work for me. They motherfuckers got their own shit. Nintendos don't need a fan and all this extra shit and all that. You got to use a fucking cotton swab with alcohol. I know about the alcohol trick, too. I used to do that shit, too. But goddamn, man, I never seen... Y'all guys got to be over 30 and 40 years old, too, that's writing these comments in the comments. But you never put a Nintendo cartridge in the freezer. Who fuck has a Nintendo cartridge right now? It's like you're trying to help a motherfucker right now with a Nintendo cartridge. Who the fuck has a Nintendo cartridge right now that's going to use it? Like, motherfucker, we got emulators and shit now. Niggas don't, you know, I, like I said, there's a point in time in my life I wanted to be a, um, a retro gamer. But like I say, that shit take up so much of your house of shit that you're not about to use. You just got it to look cool and shit. What the fuck you going to do when you die? Niggas going to be remembered by their fucking retro game collection? I ain't trying to go out like that, man. For real, man. That's how you lived your life. Like, damn, man. Look at this. Look, look at this Turbo Graphics 16 collection. Everything's still in boxed in order. He lived a great life. I don't think no one's gonna think that about you, man. But yeah. So, um, oh yeah. When I got here today, man, my Uber driver was bizarre. I gotta stop doing the Uber X, man. That's what it is. I be trying to be cheap and shit. Every time I come here, I use Uber X because I use. You know, if I'm hanging out in the night on time with my lady, I'm gonna get the XL. You know, I'm a boss up. I go out. I don't want niggas seeing me hop out. But I be getting new breaks when I come to work with y'all. You feel me? But this nigga, he was definitely African. Soon as a, uh, I mean, you see the way I'm dressed. I don't think I look too crazy. Maybe the hat is a little bizarre. But soon as he, the look in his eyes when I was walking up to the car, <laughs> I just knew it wasn't it wasn't a look of you know. It, it was very it was a very look of distaste. Like what the fuck is this bump? What the fuck? 
So whatever, I gets into the nigga car. This nigga's listening to Burner Boy on blast. And it's from like an actual Nigerian radio station. Like it says it on the shit, like Sirius XM, like Nigerian radio. And this nigga, see, I, like, I, wanted, I woke up late and shit. So I wanted to go, I didn't have cigarettes. I wanted to stop and get cigarettes, give me some fucking lip gloss and water and shit. You know what I'm saying? I get in this nigga car, he got it on Nigeria. I get to sweating instantly, but I'm so scared to tell the nigga to stop to go get some shit. I just, I just thug it out and make it all the way here. By the time I get here, I'm musty than a motherfucker, man. So yeah, shots out to him, man. I gave that nigga um, two stars. I only gave him the two because he was bumping Burner, Burner Boy and I liked that song a little bit. But fuck that nigga, man. I swear to God. All right, all right. We're going to jump into some uh, Ask Danny questions. Ask Danny! Man, like I said, you got uh, questions I got answered, man. Hit me up at Danny at the Danny Brown Show.com. That's Danny at the Danny Brown Show.com. Also, you can send your voicemails and all that shit to motherfucking 512-522-9256. That's 512-522-9256. And let's get into it. It's um first one being sampled by other artists. Yo, Danny. There's a song out there called Sharong by Shades. And they use your check before the beat smacks your ass up like prodigy not the first time i heard you sample it on the track i don't expect but how do you feel when producers sample your voice on a track especially without you knowing or them asking you first i mean i sample so i can't be like that would be real like um you know like I, 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 that'd be like some real hater shit for me to hate on somebody sampling me so i love that shit especially like the fucking edm djs and shit when they do like remixes of my shit and like that i mean at the end of the day it makes the music live on longer you know, and like I say, most of my music is sample based, so I love that shit. I'm 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 fucking humbled by it when the motherfucker wanna use my shit, you know? So you gotta think, like, man, been a lot of great songs that was created in the past that have taken on a whole nother life because someone sampled a song. You know what I'm saying? You know motherfucking Rick James, that nigga was down in the motherfucking trap house smoking crack and shit. And the MC Hammer sample drop, you can't touch this sampling super freak. He was back. He was back. So Motherfucker sampling shit, man, because it bring a new light to an old artist. And at the same time, it puts a newer generation onto the older artist. Because it's, you know, a lot of music nerds like me. Sometimes you hear an ill-ass sample on a song, you're like, shit, what's the original? Let me find the original. Then you hear the original, you're like, shit, this shit's smacking harder than the new shit. That nigga disrespected this song sampling this. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times, yeah, it puts me on a lot of good music, too, so. I love that shit, man. Sampling, man. Sampling makes the world go round. It just costs so fucking much, man. You know. But I do love. I will say all the um, all the new the, the younger kids like doing the drill shit, sampling that shit, and they sampling like you know, you know records from like you know my my childhood and shit. Lets me know how fucking old I am and shit. But I I, I think it's dope, man. Keep sampling going, man. Keep sampling alive, especially in hip hop. You know, because that's what the shit was based on. You know, I, I mean, it is cool. When motherfuckers can play instruments and shit and make shit off, you know, but for the most part, a lot of us ain't really musically inclined like that. So, you know, sampling is, you know, that's 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 our that's our band. You know, you can be a one man band with a drum machine. And that's and nothing more amazing than that. All right, next up we got Barbarian. Hey, Danny, have you seen the movie Barbarian? <clears throat> I seen Conan the Barbarian. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen Barbarian. It takes place in Detroit, and it's a fucked up, yeah, hilarious horror movie that came out in early September. I feel like it's right up your alley. Plus, it sets in your hometown. We'd love to hear your thoughts on it if you've seen it already. Happiness, um, happiness. In, oh, okay, okay, okay. Barbarian. Um, no, I, I, I haven't seen this movie. Um, and I will say that I'm not really a fan of horror films, to be honest. I be having nightmares and shit. I don't know if it's because of what I eat. 
before I go to sleep and shit. But it definitely, um, you know, that shit, that shit will fuck with my brain while I'm sleeping shit. Like, make a motherfucking dimer. Niggas watching motherfucking dimer and shit, man. I couldn't sleep for two days straight. Because I know dimer would have cracked on my ass. But the thing is about me, once he started hitting them dance moves, I'd have been like, oh, yeah, this nigga psycho. That nigga took his shirt off on the dance floor, got the twerking and shit. You get what I'm saying? I'd be like, nah, this nigga kill niggas, man. That's one reason I would let me know, man. I wouldn't fuck with Dimer, man. Then you go to nigga crib, shit, funky. I don't know what black per these were, these like 1990 black niggas, man. They was like different type of niggas, man. I guess smells and shit was different back then. Cause I know me, man. I'm coming in any situation with shit, shit smelling nasty. I'm getting the fuck up out of there. I don't give a fuck. Nigga, motherfucker, he got motherfucking booty cheeks in the motherfucking freezer and shit talking about his rotten pork chops. Like, what the fuck is you talking about, man? I know what pork chops smell like. They don't smell like rotten booty cheeks, man. I will say Dimer, man. I mean, once I put it on, obviously I was fucking, because I actually got up on I didn't even know. You know me. I'm fucking lost in the loop. I don't know. I'm just in my fucking video game world. I haven't, I don't know what's going on in fucking entertainment or anything. Outside of fucking video games and shit. So I didn't know this movie was out or whatever. And then when I was with um, Shane, Shane and Matt did their podcast, they was telling me about it. And I was, I was like, you know, I remember as a kid when this shit was going down. So I was like, yo, when I got back home, I, I instantly threw it on. Let me check this shit out. And I, I watched the whole shit in one, I watched it straight through. And y'all wonder why I couldn't sleep for two days. I got the, you know me, I started binging watching the real interviews and all that shit. Y'all know the actual, though, the fucked up part about the whole shit. The one nigga that, that, that got away, he ain't never get, like, no help after that shit, like, no therapy or nothing like that. And that nigga ended up turned to, like, a crackhead. He done drowned the nigga. Now, he locked up. Like, he wasn't no shit. He wasn't no, no nigga like that. But he was. He, he, I don't think he should have made it just based on the fact he was like, oh, you want to take some pictures? Then he started dropping it low and twerking and all that shit for him. He should have stabbed that nigga right there, man. For real. So it let you know the other niggas was a little too vulnerable. They should have shook their ass a little bit. That shit, that shit, that shit stopped Dimer in his tracks. But I will say, <clears throat> I, I won't say it like I wouldn't come back to watch it. That's not something that I would repeat. It, it, it was a very entertaining watch in some sense. But the um, the death episode, that, that was amazing. Whoever wrote that, the way they put that shit together, that was really, that was top-notch cinema right there. So shouts out to fucking Dimer. Well, no, no, shouts out to Dimer. I did see they, I did see they auctioning off his glasses for one hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, whoever buy him, lock that nigga up. Cause we already know what he gonna do. That shit gonna be like VR. He put them bitches on. He just gonna start eating booty cheeks out the freezer. So don't let no nigga buy them dimer glasses. Or that's that's a setup, man. Who gonna spend one hundred fifty thousand dollars for some dimer glasses though, man? That shit's not cool. And part two, where's that money gonna go? You know, is it going to the victims' families and shit? Y'all motherfuckers making money off Dimer, man. All right, man. I'm done with Dimer, man. All right, next up, we got sample. These niggas is hot on the samples today, huh? Yeah, you see? 150K, just before Halloween. I can't make this shit up. They is some fire glasses, though. I mean, I, I, could, throw, I could throw them in my um, repertoire of accessories and, and pull some shit off of them bitches. I go on a date with them bitches. That shit got to do something to you. It's spirits in that mo. He done seen some shit through them glasses, man. You feel what I'm saying? That no, no one shall own those. Like, that's fucked up. No one shall own those. Okay. Samples. Hey, Danny. Huge fan. Atrocity Exhibition is one of my favorite albums of all time, and it breaks my heart to hear you're still in the red on that one. 
My question is, how do you gauge whether a sample on any given track is worth it to you? Knowing how much sample clearance fees can eat up your album budget, do you mostly pick beats now that don't contain samples, or do you, or do you do just what feels right? You know what I'm saying? It's fucking amazing. Please never stop making music. Um, there was a time in my life where I was like, yo, I can't be doing this shit no more. I can't be spending all this money on albums and and they don't sell and all this and that. And but this great friend of mine visited me at my home one time and we were just sitting around listening to music stuff. And that great friend is Alchemist. <laughs> and of course, what you think Alchemist has told me? That nigga said, man, once you start thinking about shit like that, that's when the shit get whack. Make whatever fucking feel good to your heart. Makes whatever, make whatever the fuck you like and let the business sort itself out. And that's what I've been doing the entire time of my career since I heard that. And I mean, I guess it's probably not the most um, profitable way of going about it when you're in a music business. But as an artistic person as myself, I would feel bad if um, I was putting out music that I know I, I, I genuinely didn't love making, but it was still successful and shit. Like, I don't think I would be that happy with, with my life, you know? Cause I don't know. It's just something about me, and I don't want to suck. And I and that's not saying because I know music is fucking. You know, it's up in the air with anybody. Somebody gonna like you. Somebody gonna hate you. But I would rather have that than be a middle ground type rapper where everybody's like, he all right, he all right. That's cool. He shit, he got some vibes. He got some vibes. Fuck vibes, my nigga. I want bars. You get what I'm saying? I want to make fucking albums that you're going to hear 10 years later and it still sound like it came out yesterday. I want to make timely shit. And for the most part, I think I'm doing good at that. And that was a good thing for me to go to New York because I actually had a chance to sit down with Dart and uh, listen to the, you know, how the mixes is coming along for the new album. And, um, yeah. I would just like to say, all you guys having fun this year, it makes me, I, I, be, I be pissed sometimes. I be in my room, I be seething. Like, I can't wait. Like, I can't wait. Because, you know, rap is competitive. So when I hear a nigga drop some fire shit, like, shout out to my nigga Gibbs. He out here killing it right now, man. A new album is fire as fuck. If you ain't heard it, man, go get that shit, man. Because, like, even Gibbs, man, that's a fucking inspiring story, man. Gibbs been through so many different deals and different crews and shit like that. This nigga been around so long. He's a fucking LRG model. And to see he about to fucking chart billboard right now, man, that's fucking amazing to me. That's inspiring to me. That lets you know you stick to your guns no matter fucking how long. You know what I'm saying? Talent going to always rise. You know what I'm saying? It's always going to fucking rise. So, shouts out to Gibbs, man. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, so, you guys are having a great time next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's over. I ain't, I ain't, man. Peggy was just in town, too. Yeah. As soon as I landed, he was already here. We did 10 songs this weekend. Mm-hmm. Finger licking good. Mm, 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 mm. I swear it's that Jack Harlow combo. That KFC. That motherfucker biting, man. I swear to God, man. So, yeah, man. Have y'all fun this year because next year, man, your boy is coming back, man. And shit, you know, every time I come back, shit shifts. Everything changes. So, have fun, man. Because shit is, shit is a little regular. So I'm coming back to shake shit up. Just know that. Just know that. Shit's going to get, ooh, man, it's going to be so fun. All right. Bitch pussy smell like a penguin. I think we already expressed that. Um, yo, Danny, so I've been smashing this 10. She is beautiful, and I'm pretty sure she's my sexual soulmate. She's freaky in the bedroom as I am, and she sticks her whole tongue in my ass. The whole tongue? Damn, nigga. You sure you want a tongue? The only problem is her pussy is rank. I get her to shower with me first on some slick shit, but sometimes that don't even help. 
I ain't went out and got this girl some Summer's Eve for my apartment, but she ain't even get the hint. Should I let her freaky ass go or address the problem? Much love, Brady. I told you, man, some girls just got smells, man. It's just like that, man. I mean, it depends on what the smell is. If it's like a, you know, I mean, I'm not about to break down the fucking scratch and sniffs. But for the most part, man, it, it could be a problem. But some girls just, they should be ranking like that, man. It is what it is, man. Some shit, man. Some good food stink too, man. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, man. For the best part, I would say, man, now you just said it's freaky, so many shit. So this just pussy and dick shit to me. This ain't no heart. This ain't no love. So, I mean, you know, stick it out as long as you can, I guess. Eventually, man, because like me, like I said, man, that's a dimer situation right there. You the nigga that dimer with an ape. Because you can't, you know, you you could take the smells and shit, man. So for the most part, I will say, man, um... You know, this ain't fucking um, elementary school, middle school no more when girls was first starting to get her periods and shit. The funniest shit, see, that's the fucked up part, man. Girls go through their puberty and shit, and then you got these fucking um, teenage, well, you know, younger boys and shit making fun of you about that shit. That has to be the worst shit ever, because I remember it was a girl, and um, and, and like, I'm going to say maybe, I don't know, whenever girls get their periods, but I was young as fuck. And, um, you know, she caught her period in class, you know, normal story, had the blood on the seat, and it was, it was a little fishy smell. And as a kid at that time, if you go to Coney Island, you can get what they called a fish dog. And what a fish dog was, it just was like a little fish fillet on a hot dog bun. And it was like cheap for like a dollar fifty. You go home from school, you know, get a fish dog. Why we called this girl fish dog her entire life? She graduated, her name was Fish, from high school. We're like, damn, Fish Dog, curse, through her cap and shit. That girl name was Fish Dog, her entire, to the point she embraced it. I remember one time she had an airbrush shirt, Fish Dog on that bitch. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man. <laughs> shit like that is fucked up, man. So, that all of them, yeah, that was all of them. But, yeah, shit like that is fucked up. So, oh, um, I will say, man, um, Shouts out to um, Brown Simpson, man. He told me about that goddamn cyberpunk show. That's what I've been locked into, man. Y'all ain't watched that shit, man. I mean, like I say, I've been a fan of the game ever since they fucking started, you know, getting their shit together with it. But I didn't even, uh, I didn't, I didn't think the show would be that good, man. I, it, it's very emotional. I'm very, I'm very fucking tied in, man. So if anybody, ain't, y'all ain't checked out Cyberpunk Edge Runners, I definitely recommend it. You know, I don't want to spoil the story too much, but it did make me, I did rebuild, I, I did start the game over. I went back and started because I want to make a new build, man. So, shout out to Dad. We got some freestyles, man. Let me hear you bust a freestyle. Yeah. All right. Let's see what these niggas talking about, man. All right. First up here, we have a mushroom trip. Apollo 23, acapella. So, I've been living at my dreams for the climax. Like the men who win sane as the linebacks. Find facts with the face all green full team for the mission just to find racks. No doubt, many of them want to find clout. Many of them in a wine drought with a prime count. Taking names when they lined out like a checklist hoping they don't find out. I'm on par, on a path gonna get far with a strong swing like a bad park and a thick tar. No scars, not scrape, not a single whack bar and a test I don't take cause of track targs. You're done so dumb, you're a fake one. On a front spy, kid, you're a thumb thumb. Halo grunt, I'm the chief, aiming at you with the beam gun just because you don't seem fun. Now I wanna let you know who you talk to. Because when I'm on the ground and I spot you, 
just want to see what it's like with a small view, like a bug who can only crawl to, that's you. I don't care about a clown, it's a party, hardly, make a wave on a beach, I'm a Harley, so loud you could go deaf, couldn't harm me, but you try, you don't eat, so you can't starve me. I hated that. <laughs> so I, he's, is this Mark Price? What the fuck is going on, man? I'm scared of this nigga, though, because he look like he could wrestle. He look like he got an ill double leg takedown, man. I can't really see his ears, man. He might got the cauliflower ear or some good shit, man. But yeah, man, that nigga said some crazy shit, man. I, mean, I don't know, man, what's going on, man. Why was it called Mushroom Trip? What was that about? That's just the name he sent in. What was the Apollo 23 shit? Maybe that's his handle. Yeah, I, I'm, I watched a little too much Dahmer. Because now I just get paranoid by any type of nigga I see that. I think like, oh, man. And then he got like, um, is that like um, Muay Thai ribbons or something in the back, man? I don't know, man. I'm scared of this nigga, man. So, yeah, that freestyle was amazing. Next up. <laughs> Next up is Baxter. Baxter better have Never bar. retrace my steps after I've left the trail. Never set my sights too distant until I've set my sails. Never fails. Luck of the draw. Simply heads or tails. Duck into the dark and fall apart and maybe shed some scales. Advice I give them. I seldom hear to hear mistakes made in the past. Magically seem to reappear. See them clear. Slaw to the fame. Like a moth to flame. Cut the lights on interstates. Drift until I've lost my lane. Cost to change. Paid my penance but only bought some blame. Dirt done in the dark. Laid bare. It's sure to foster shame. Remember the day the earth stood still. Faces blank. I would have died then if looks could kill. But still breathing as if yet for no real reason look a little closer if you squint you see a ghost still reaching i'm being me and the only option afforded to orchestrate well likely the only option for me i could afford to take orchestrate course correct in order to coordinate rather not return to what was there's always more to make if being honest why wouldn't it's only you and me i know some of them waking the debated length on who to be watching with the watchful eye sold by commodified if you only talking to yourself how you get caught in lies cauterized sealing the wound like you seal a tomb stepped inside the entrance breathe deep felt like i feel the room still from whom no one left living is worth the time to take plus i always felt that these mistakes were only mine to make living died a thousand times probably will a thousand more one and lost so many that forgot why i was counting score in the end the mouse and cows never did matter much all accumulated is forgotten by those after us add them up and throw it all away we only live and die but maybe all that ever mattered is did i or didn't i who yeah that's fire that's fire i mean you know the flow is crazy you can tell you've been rapping for a long time type shit you know what i'm saying he's a fucking you know but why so emo what the fuck is going on? Y'all do know this is a comedy podcast, right? I don't know. Maybe sometimes I don't give y'all that impression. I might not be that funny all the time, but god damn, man. You motherfuckers do know this. Y'all be breaking me down sometime, man, you know? Because I know I be rapping some sad ass shit too, but I wouldn't bust that shit out in a, in a, in a setting, in a social setting. I'd be like, keep that shit for your headphones, man. Just listen to this on the slide. I, like, I wouldn't even play that kind of music in front of people. I'd be like, yo, just listen to it on your own. Let me know how you think. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, if I, if I set the freestyle on this shit, this shit would be nothing but funny ass set up punchline, set up punchline. Damn, they're like a stand-up set. You know what I'm saying? So, But yeah, shouts out to Cuz, man. Keep doing it. Keep, keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Before we jump into some white people shit. I don't know if this white people shit, this might just be some stupid motherfucker shit right here, but it's amazing. I've, I've, um, this weekend I've been to watch chess boxing. Oh shit. Let me tell you about this shit, man. Doug, you got to go on YouTube, man. Yeah, here we go. So I'm watching this shit. Yeah, they actually had a fucking new, new match yesterday. And the only thing I could think of is where's the top G? If anything that was good for the top G, this is it. So what chess boxing is, these motherfuckers, 
They play around the chest. Then they play around the catching the hands. Then they play another round of chess. Then they play another round of catching hands. All I could think of, this is perfect for Andrew Tate, man. Where is he at, man? Type G will take over this shit, man. But yes, this is amazing, man. So, uh, you guys, this is your first time seeing this? Yeah. And all I could think about was that Wu-Tang song, The Mystery of Chess Boxing. Like, is this always was a thing? Maybe this was like a thing back in the day. These motherfuckers, because I'm pretty sure if, if you play around the chess, then you whoop a nigga ass. And then... You whoop his ass in chess, then y'all throw the hands and he whoop your ass. The next round of chess is gonna be a little different. You get what I'm saying? Like, it got to do something to you mentally. Like, you know, like, I don't know. Like, it, you know, motherfucker knock your ass out, give you a concussion. Now you gotta go back, you know what I'm saying, and figure out this shit. So, yeah, man, I've been definitely binge watching chess boxing, man. So, if anybody never seen that, I mean, I'm pretty sure motherfuckers watch slap competitions and all that kind of shit, but this shit's crazy. And it looks like it's, um, like a popular sport or some shit, man. How do they determine who wins? Is it who wins chess or who wins boxing? I mean, shit. <laughs> I guess you're right. I mean, I guess if it's going to go all the rounds, it got to go to the scorecard, right? You know, I would say that. But I think if your ass getting knocked out, ain't no more chess. This shit over with. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't think, um, for the most part, yeah, that, that, that shit would be over with, man. But yeah, that's all I was thinking about, man. Like, Top G, man. You got to come over here and bust some of these niggas' ass. All right. So yeah, let's hop into some white people shit. White people shit. Um, white people shit. White dudes in the NFL. It's less of one specific thing, but it's white people shit how the NFL always describe white dudes. A shifty, lunch pal type of guy. First one in, last one out. In other words, like that. I mean, shit. When I think of white motherfuckers in the, in, in, in the NFL, I think of niggas like Romanowski. This motherfucker was spitting on motherfuckers. He was calling niggas niggas. Like, he was doing all kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? A motherfucker like Romanowski. That's what I think of. I don't know what you talking about, man. I was terrified of this nigga. You see this nigga in your dreams, man. Fuck that, man. Nightmares, I mean. What the fuck? But yeah, motherfucker like Romanowski. I don't know about that, because... Motherfucking shifty lunch pal type of guy. They talk about that's like a motherfucker like Brett Favre. And we done seen what this motherfucker out here doing. He's stealing food stamps. He worked my mama, my mama got locked up for welfare fraud. They better lock this nigga under the jail for this shit. And I don't be seeing nobody talk about this shit in the news. That's what I'm saying. They want to talk about Udoka cheating on his bitch and all that shit. But this nigga took $5 million in welfare money from Mississippi. Now I can see you took $5 million of welfare money from Los Angeles or motherfucking New York or some shit like that. But Mississippi. And you know who getting welfare in Mississippi? Niggas. So who the fuck you took money from, Brett Favre? Fuck Brett Favre, man. I swear to God I hate this nigga, man. That shit, that story, I mean, man, they better lock this nigga up, man. I don't give a fuck, man. If they don't, man, we riding. I'm sorry. I ain't mean to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I just went too far on my rant, man. But <sighs> that shit hurt my heart, man. Cause like I say, man, my, my I've been on food stamps all my life. You know what I'm saying? You don't know the the fucking um embarrassment. It sh and it shouldn't have been embarrassment as a kid. But when you got when you know your mom give you some food stamps or some shit, and you gotta come. Cause back in the day, it wasn't no EBT cards and shit like that. You could probably finesse that shit. They gave your ass a thick ass book of food stamps, and you had to rip the motherfuckers out. Perfect. That motherfucker gonna lie, cause if you rip it, you're gonna fuck it up. You get what I'm saying? So you gotta rip the food stamps out. Perfect. So my mama gave me a, a, a few food stamps. So on my way home from school, I can stop at the store and give me a nice little snack. But it's, it was nothing worse than going into that liquor store with your friends 
and these niggas got green money. And you got them food stamps. You know what I'm saying? You be around that bitch looking, looking like, I'm like, hold up. I don't know if I want this yet. Because right, you waiting on these niggas to get up out the stove so you can sneak and spend your food stamps. Because you don't want them niggas joking on you at school. In part two, these niggas was on food stamps too. But you know how it is in the hood. Everybody, that shit that just make you feel good to just not be, you know, to feel like you have any public assistance. But we know everybody did, you know. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm from that. And one time... Um, they locked my mom up. I mean, they didn't lock her up, but she was on probation and shit and did all that because she was getting welfare one time and then she got a job and didn't report that she got a job to the, you know, the welfare system. So that's considered welfare fraud. Nigga, she's on like a year probation over that shit. You know what I'm saying? They took her to jail. Imagine you at the welfare office to go pick your food stamps up and the police there. They lock your ass up. That's the most embarrassing shit in the world to a nigga. You know what I'm saying? So I love my mama, man. She, she Look at the type of shit she done fucking went through to have a nigga like me. She got to be proud. She has to be proud. <laughs> all right, all right. Next up, storm chasing. Being a storm chaser as a hobby. Now, you got to explain this a little bit more to me, white guys. What, what is that? Chase now, storms. obviously, yeah. Obviously seems that's what that means, but how do you go about that? Do you have to buy like crazy ass expensive equipment to figure out where the storms is at, and, and you rush in to get to the storms? And my whole, what is the end game? That's almost like a nigga that's scared to commit suicide, and he's just trying to figure. He he just wants the the natural elements to take him, so he's gonna. <laughs> so you're gonna try to find a hurricane, tsunamis, all type of shit. Like take me, take me, God, you know. And if he can't, and if he can make it through that, you know. I think That's it's a, just for the shot. Just, like, oh, they want to be like on some artistic shit mm-hmm. and get pictures and shit. I think so. And the excitement. Yeah, I the suppose. thrill. The thrill of it. They saw Twister too many times. That's that's some dumb shit. That's some dumb shit. I will say, okay, um, I've watched, uh, I would say one of my favorite YouTube channels is um, Internet Historian. If you guys don't know about him, man, check him out. He's like one of the illest fucking YouTubers. He's, he's big as fuck. Yeah, there you go. He just released the new yesterday, Man in Cave. This shit is about like back in the day, these motherfuckers, they was going to find caves and shit to use them as like tourist sites. So motherfuckers would go and try to find the illest caves and, and, and build the illest caves and shit. So motherfuckers would come through and one nigga found an ill ass cave and he wanted to fucking get through the cave and shit. But it was such tight quarters, you know, he had to like crawl through like on some worm shit on his back to try to slide through. And when he did that, a, a, a brick from the top of the cave came and fucking collapsed on his ankle, so he was stuck. And from him trying to get up, get up out the cave, you know, get up out that situation, the entire cave caved in on him, like gravel and shit. So this nigga just pretty much buried alive inside of a cave. He eventually made it out. You know that shit. I mean, I'm not gonna spoil the story. You gotta watch all that shit for yourself and shit. But I would say it, it, it was amazing. And um, so yeah, my whole shit was like back in the day, niggas was going to fucking find caves as fucking tourists. Sites and shit, and they was really beefing over this shit. On some straight up, like, nigga, don't go to that nigga cave, come to my cave, my shit fire. And motherfuckers is going, you gotta think, this was before TVs and shit, I guess. You know what I'm saying? So I guess anything was entertaining to a motherfucker. And don't get me wrong, I've been to some ill ass caves where you've been in that motherfucker, like, oh, this is beautiful. <laughs> I went to a cave in Iceland, you know, the ice caves and shit like that. And being in there, you know, you like, oh, this shit is beautiful. So yeah, but. Just think about that. Motherfuckers chasing storms. Motherfuckers um, building caves as motherfucking um, tourist sites and shit. Fire, man. White people shit. I love y'all motherfuckers, man. Oh, we um, stopping to some um, 
Um, video game reviews. Video game reviews. I guess um, FIFA just came out. This is the last one on EA Sports. I feel like that's a um, bit of a, a, a bittersweet thing. I mean, you know, it's 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 one thing, you know, like how how they put the monopoly on Madden and all that shit. But with FIFA, though, I always felt, you know, I never was disappointed with FIFA. It seemed like they always put a lot more effort into FIFA, maybe. I don't know. But I never was disappointed with FIFA. And all those other games like Pro Evo and, you know, so many other soccer games, I don't really feel like they they really, you know, FIFA's fun, man. So, hope I mean, it's nothing, it's nothing better than competition for video games when other video game companies are making, you know what I'm saying? The same way how it used to be with NBA Live and NBA 2K and... You know, so hopefully maybe someone's going to step up and, and create some ill shit, you know, but for the most part, man, yeah, I, I'm, I'm having, I'm having a good time with this FIFA too, you know, so um, it's kind of bittersweet. I'm kind of sad that this is the last, is it the last? I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they saying they, they, yeah, I think, I think they think it's over with, man. So I don't know what they're going to do, but, <laughs> but um, hopefully, you know, but I will say, man, um. It's good to see what's going on with Twitch right now. I see, I see the niggas is taking over. It took so long. <laughs> it took so long for the niggas to take over Twitch, man. Shouts out to Kostanet. Has the highest subscriber. And then niggas try to do some whole ass shit and try to hate on them with that. One thing I will say, man, you know, I'm a fan of Twitch. I always watch Twitch streams and shit like that. But, and I, you know, they always say like Twitch, like the, the biggest Twitch, Twitch streamers and shit, they have like mostly like a child audience in some sense. Would you say that like, um... And it got me to thinking, like, um, so if, um, like, if, if, like, most of the kids, like, watch Twitch streams, that's all they watch, like, Twitch streams and YouTube, like, what's the, I'm not trying to be, like, an old, old boomer and all that shit, but you got to think, back in the day, we had, like, children's shows and shit, you know what I'm saying? And even if you was, like, a teenager, too, we still had, like, shows, like, maybe, like, a Save by the Bell, where they would have, like, social commentary in these shows, kind of, like, teach you shit, like, don't get you know, if a motherfucker pull up and he offer you candy, nigga, don't take the candy from him. You know what I'm saying? It'll be TV shows like that. You know, they always have a message in the shows. You know, don't join a gang. You know what I'm saying? Shit like that. But these niggas just watch, they watch other niggas that they, they watch niggas they age damn near. Like, this shit about to be crazy in like the next 10 years, man. I just wanted to throw that out there, man. So yeah, Twitch is taking over children TV. That's scary. I don't know if you guys are worried, but yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> from what I know, it, it all just turned into kind of titty streamers. I, 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 didn't, yeah. I didn't know niggas took over. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. Constant yeah. that, like the whole, I mean, it, it, for a long time, it was like this struggle. It was like a battle between two communities, which was the Poggers communities and the W and L community. And, you know, at the end of the day, the W and L community was always cooler. That's just it is what it is. But the Pogger community was kind of like gatekeeping a little bit. But now these niggas just went through so much scandal bullshit that, you know, niggas going to do what they do. They going to sneak through the back door and take this bitch over. And that's what happened. And I don't think Twitch going to ever be the same again, you know, because they had to, even they, they had to recognize what was going on and bow down. This motherfucker been killing shit for years. And this the first time he got on the home page was this weekend. The nigga had Ice Spice on his stream. You get what I'm saying? Poggers niggas ain't doing cool shit like that. All right. I'm done with that shit, man. <laughs> I swear to God, spin that motherfucking wheel. Gold diggers. That's such a fucking old ass 1990s ass term. 
Like gold digger. Who the fuck call a bitch a gold digger? I mean, I guess the Kanye's, but that was that was still like fucking 20 years ago or some shit. But gold diggers, no one calls girls gold diggers anymore. And um, I don't know, man. Um, I guess men gold diggers too. What the fuck? I mean, at the end of the day, who don't want to success is attractive to everyone, you know? But I feel what you're saying. Like if you see when you see like a girl with like a fucking 80-year-old man and you know he's about to die and he was a fucking hot 21-year-old girl. I mean, he want to have a good time before he go. So quit hating on cuz. I don't hate on gold diggers or nothing like that. I mean, if that's your whole MO is just to date men to try to finesse them for money, I feel like, yeah, that's some old school shit. Bitches got OnlyFans. They got all type of shit. Bitches got more money than niggas now. They ain't no such thing as gold. They don't need us no more. That shit is over with. They got fucking, they got fucking 12 volt battery toys that could fucking give them 30 orgasms in two minutes. Bitches don't need us no more, man. You just got to be happy if you got a bitch at this point. They don't need your motherfucking ass, man. They got OnlyFans and crazy toys. So just happy to say, man, you got a lady in your life, man. Keep her. Hold her down. I love my lady. So that's what we're doing. I will also say, um, uh, I guess we can jump into a bit of some um, Danny Brown history, man. Let history. I will say, I don't know how good it is or how bad it is, but one thing I've always been influenced by ever since I heard that MF Doom album, Born Like This, is Charles Bukowski. And if anybody never heard of Charles Bukowski, man, he was a fucking ill-ass poet slash writer. And every time I'm always getting down, I always go and read some of his quotes. And one of my favorite quotes of his is, don't try. And 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 it always stuck with me with that shit. Because it's like, soon as you start trying, you'll fuck up in some sense, you know? And, and and it's just like, you're just being a tryhard or whatever the fuck. But every time I always like read Bukowski quotes, and he 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 has one of the favorite, my favorite all-time quote of his is, um, find something you love and do it till it kills you. And that's the way I feel about rap music. You know what I'm saying? Because I've seen a lot of people lose their life over rap music. And I don't know if they loved it to this point, but I know me, I did, and I super get inspired about his whole story in general. I mean, he was a straight boozing. He was boozing all the time. He was fucking bitches. That was his whole ammo. But the story I get with him is that, man, like, same with me that I think I identify with him is that, yeah, I'm a, I'm a rapper and I make music and all that shit, but I really love the actual writing aspect of it. Like, it's nothing like fucking sitting at my computer or somewhere. And I'm just writing, and it's coming out, and it's just so tight. And I'm reading it to myself, and I'm saying to myself, fuck, I'm about to kill these niggas, man. I swear, this shit's so fire right here. Like, I, I get a fucking bubbly fucking, like, yeah, read what it say on this tombstone. Can you, can you, can you? Don't try. Exactly. Don't try, man. And I've just literally been fucking riding with that mantra right now, and just totally been fucking, you know, don't try. Because with this podcast, man, like I say, when I first started it, man, I was so fucking, um... I was just so fucking nervous about doing this shit. Like, am I, can I pull this shit off? Is people going to like me? Is this shit going to go good and all that shit, you know? I trust time. That's why I didn't never, that's why I only wanted to do this shit with y'all, you know? Because I know, I, I trusted y'all niggas because everything y'all do has been fucking fire, you know? So, yeah, man. And I think sometimes I always like, um, I think too hard with this shit sometime. And, 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 and I think that's when I'm doing my worst at it, you know? So once it gets to the point where this shit is just flowing and it's just smooth, man, it's like, you know, you in that flow. You know, everything is just clicking. Everything is just right. So, yeah, man. Shouts out to Charles Bukowski. Another thing, man. He, I think he tried so hard. That's that's the thing about it. He tried so hard in like his twenties and shit. And he was like, man, you know, like trying to get into like the big publications and write for like big magazines or whatever the fuck. And you know, they always didn't. They dissed him and they didn't really fuck with him like that. And then he um he didn't do shit during his thirties. And he just came back to writing in his forties and. 
he wrote for him and wrote for motherfuckers that was like him. And that's when he fucking started. And that's when his career took off. And that's when he became the motherfucker we know now, you know? So, yeah. So, I don't know who needed to hear that, you know, Charles Bukowski, man. But, yeah, man, just don't try, man. Once you get to the point, you you, you is what it is. You're just going to be that, you know? So, yeah. So, if you haven't, go check out. I will say, I'm not going to be like no poser-ass nigga. Like, I don't read this nigga books and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've tried. I can't really get that deep in him. I've, I've listened to, like, a lot of his poems and shit, his audio shit. But for the most part, I just watched all his documentaries on, like, YouTube and Wherever else. I think he I think it's one on Netflix, maybe. But yeah, I watch I watch all the fucking documentaries and shouts out to MF Doom for making that album and putting me on Charles Bukowski. See, that's what hip hop supposed to do, man. It's supposed to treat you shit. The name of the album is boring like this. So and that's what it's supposed to do, man. Hip hop supposed to teach you shit. And and you can never um, you know, it's like, oh, y'all see that Atlanta episode? Ah oh, man, that was so fire. They did like a um it's pretty much like an MF Doom tribute episode. And um, but they had Earl, they had Earl as I mean, you know, he did all the music for it as I mean, pretty much coming from like a MF Doom type of moniker. No, Doom's from Atlanta and shit. But yeah, man. Shouts out to Atlanta, yeah, right there, the season four premiere, man. That shit, man. Atlanta is shots out to motherfucking Childers Gambino. Let me stop calling the nigga Childers Gambino. I know he probably hate that shit, man. Like the same shit I just said about that skank shit. That's what I be doing when I'm calling them Childers Gambino, man. So I apologize, man. That's what I met him as. That's what I used to know him as, man. So, um, but yeah, Donald Glover, man, amazing, man. He did, dog. I love this show, man. Every every fucking season is crazy, man. But yeah, man, that that fucking episode was fucking amazing. Just just for even to come from that. But even like the last season, I know a lot of people was talking shit about it. That shit was my favorite season. So shouts out to fucking um, Donald Glover, man. I, I will never call you Childers Gambino again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Spin the motherfucking wheel one more time. It's my favorite, man. It is, man. BDSM is for niggas that like to do coke, and then you do too much and your dick don't get hard no more. So it's nothing better than finding a bitch that just into that kind of shit. Like, oh, I can just whoop you for a couple hours and push you down the stairs, <laughs> throw you out the window. Did you like that shit? Spit on you just to grade you. You know what I'm saying? Waterboard you. I do all that shit to pee on you. I don't give a fuck. That shit is fun to me. But yeah, man, I love BDSM, especially the fucking the, the dominatrix sub sub shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, bitch, just, just sit in the corner right there, man. Chill out. Sit in the corner. Let me watch the game. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Come over here, rub my feet. You know, she's like, yeah, yeah. Crawl, crawl over here, bitch. Don't walk. Did I tell you to walk? Yeah. So shouts out to BDSM and everybody involved in that shit, man. I love y'all motherfuckers, man. Y'all the true bloods. You know what I'm saying? Y'all the true bloods. Y'all understand what sexuality is all about. Because sometimes, I mean, I guess God created it for us to procreate. But it can be fun sometimes. <laughs> and if you want to have some fun, I, I suggest you, you know, especially when you've been, you know, women into that shit, man. I'm telling you, man. Y'all think, um... You know, I don't know, man, but maybe that's just the girls I date. I don't date girls no more. I'm, I'm a married man. I'm, I'm almost a married man. Whatever, whatever, man. Y'all get me in trouble with this shit. Can't be telling all my business, man. But I will say, man, I'm a motherfucker. Bro, I used to have all type. I had, bro, I used to have a sex room in my house, man. Sex wings, all type of shit. Shit hanging from the wall, paddles and shit. I was doing my thing. That was, you know, but I fell off. Nah, man, I ain't really got it like that no more, man. I don't really got the patience for that shit no more. That's what I'm trying to tell you. That's drug shit. Me, normal as a normal person, I ain't really got the patience to be doing that shit all night, man. I mean, I guess if I'm off 
a Viagra or something and the boner just keep going, that's just something we can do to have fun, you know, because I'm lasting. You know, I'm everlasting love at that point, man. So I got to keep it going. So yeah, man. Um, yeah, so shouts out to BDSM and everybody on Fat Life. Have a good time. One point in time, I was like, man, everybody was like, man, you need to get you an assistant. I was like, an assistant? Why would I pay somebody to be an assistant when I could just join like a BDS community and get, get, and get me a sub <laughs> and make her run my social media page? You get what I'm saying? And it'll be for free. That was like the smartest shit to me. I'm like, man, I'm going to make a Fat Life page and I'm going to find my assistant on that. And every now and then, if I'm morning, I can fuck her. So I was like, man, that makes sense. Why would I pay for an assistant? Just get a sub. Put that bitch on a leash. Answer these email bitches. <laughs> and she gonna love doing it and you don't gotta pay her you know i mean most i guess interns i mean um, assistants working like free for interns and shit but no every time when you got a motherfucker working for free like an assistant role that's how they fuck shit up because the niggas don't care like that a sub she would really care because then she doing it out of love for you you know and i know you probably saying like man you can get you can get your girlfriend to do shit no girlfriend you don't want to be your fucking assistant she assisted anyway you know what I'm saying? Fuck that. So last thing I want her doing is answering emails and shit. So yeah, that's that. God damn, man. So yeah, yesterday I um I went and hung out with David Lucas, man. Shouts out, that's my boy, man. He got um he got a night. If y'all motherfuckers in Austin, Texas, he got a night on Sundays at Vulcans, man. So shouts out to him, man. And and I love my comedy niggas, man. I really do, man. I love pulling up on them and having a great time. But I hate every time I'm with these niggas, they always gotta make me fucking rap, man. I be feeling like a fucking jukebox around every fucking comedian, man. Like, man, you wanna go up and rap? You wanna go up and rap? One day, I guess I do gotta get me a fucking tight five minutes together, man, just to fucking shock these niggas. Like, you know what? Fuck that, man. Let me do some bits and shit, you know? Yeah, a lot of motherfuckers been, hey, hey, a lot of motherfuckers been reaching out since I was talking all that ghostwriting shit. <laughs> niggas, <laughs> Niggas like, you serious, man? Hell yeah, I, I got some shit right now. Nigga, what's up? What's up? What's up? So we all know, man, it might work out. Somebody might send me some shit. That shit might be fire. I might flesh it out. We might see some things happening, man. At the end of the day, I just really think, um, because everybody keeps, you know, even last night, everybody's like, man, you, you just need to get on stage. You need to get on stage. My whole thing is about this. I went through too much trauma trying to become a rapper, man. I just bombed last weekend at Rolling Loud. I wouldn't say it was a bomb, but, you know, it still was not a good time. You know, so why would I, for me to be good at comedy, I'm going to legit have to, like, bomb for, like, 10 years straight or some shit. I probably wouldn't be really good at it until I'm 50, which is not a bad idea. What, 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 that would be a great uh, fucking retirement from rap music, which I don't, I don't say I'm fucking retiring from rap music because... I don't think I, um, I always say shit like that. Like, I would quit rapping and shit like that. But at the end of the day, I'd just be talking shit. I figured it out. I would never quit rapping because it wasn't mine to fucking start with. You know what I'm saying? The shit comes, every time I write an ill ass verse or some shit, I'd be like, where the fuck that shit come from? Because that wasn't me. Like, I'm retarded. I know I couldn't come up with no shit like this. <laughs> so it's coming from like a higher power. Like, I feel like, you know, a lot of times uh, I'm getting used at a vessel from somebody, you know, because I'm I'm definitely not that smart to come up with certain shit. I know I'm just downplaying a little bit, but yeah. So I um, so yeah, man, I I I I would never stop rapping until you know, like even like what Bukowski was talking about. Like once he start, once he stopped writing, it's because he did. And I probably feel like it's the same with me. Even if y'all motherfuckers like tired of hearing me rap and shit like that, I probably still just make music for me. You know, I remember Fifty Cent told me that hanging with Fifty Cent, he was like, man. 
Because he was always talking about, like, man, you got to make a hit song, you know, this and that and that and this. And I was like, man, I just want to be, like, artistic and, like, like push boundaries and, like, be progressive and, like, make exper- like experimental-type music like that I never heard before and shit like that. Like, man, if you want to make music, music, <laughs> you're like, if you want to make music that ain't going to make no money, then you might as well just make that shit for yourself and listen to that shit in your basement because that's where you're going to be at. <laughs> I didn't take his advice, and you know, I, obviously, I, I mean, I'm not in my basement, but you know, I get what he was saying. You know, it's is the music business, man. So I do have a lot of fucking respect for artists that's be like, man, fuck that, I'm about to, I'm about to write a hit song, I'm about to make a hit song. And these motherfuckers make a hit song and they should go, nigga, props to you, brother. You get what I'm saying? Ain't nothing, bro. That's fire. You get, even though I know it, it's a lot more that go into it than just the actual song. It's hit songs that's being put out every day. And um, that don't necessarily mean it's going to fucking sell records if they don't have the actual, like, backing behind it, the machine behind it type shit. It takes a lot, man, to push a song, man. Especially how um, uh, um, accessible music is now. And motherfuckers just make shit, pull it out, shoot videos. Like, you know, that shit's crazy to me, man. This album that I just finished, I mean, I didn't just finish it, but I've been finished for three years. And I know for a fact that if it would have came out, like, three years ago, it wouldn't have been this good. The thing is that these kids in this newer generation got to understand it's something that's called post. And that's post-production, post-writing. That's where you sit with a song and, and instead of just, you know, you make a song and throw it out, which I used to do too when I was younger. I actually learned this from Q-Tip, like being around Q-Tip and watching how you work. Because he said, man, you got all the time in the world to put the song out. Why not put all the love and care you, you can into it? You get what I'm saying? Because once you throw that shit out into the world, that's it and it's over for you. You can't take that shit back now. So, and I would tell you, this album sounds fucking amazing. I always get scared, like, maybe it's going to get dated, you know? But the shit that I'm talking about, I'm talking about my life. My life can't get dated until I'm gone. You get what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, the shit is still relevant for the times because I'm talking about what I'm going through. And the, but the production on it has, because the mixing of it, you know, motherfuckers doing post-production, they adding shit, they doing different cool shit, this and that, that shit that I couldn't have never came up on myself making the music so shouts out to like my management team my fucking um my record label warp like they really putting the love and care into this album and i couldn't thank them enough so i can't wait for you guys to hear it i'm super excited because i was talking shit about it y'all remember not too long ago i was like ah man it's been too long and this and that no man it actually fucking this shit is i i would say man and i made a try the exhibition this is probably one of the best produced albums i've i've ever had like you get what i'm saying like it's it's that fucking good so yeah Shouts out to everybody that helped me out on that. I don't want to name the producers and do all that too much. They all know who they is, man. But I love y'all motherfuckers, man. We did it again. Um, I guess let's spin the wheel one more time. We get up out of here. Talk some more shit. Man, they just get a lot of hate for no reason. You know, I know a lot of motherfuckers, like, they always try to equate mayonnaise to white people. That's some racist shit. Y'all got to stop doing that. I will say, though, um, my favorite mayonnaise is Burger King's. Now, I don't know what Burger King got named mayonnaise, but anything I get, every time I get from get shit from Burger King, I always get extra mayonnaise, especially that long chicken sandwich. That motherfucker, you get that bitch with extra. I told you I used to work at Burger King. I used to make this motherfucker myself, man. So, yeah, that motherfucking long chicken sandwich. Look at it. That motherfucker. See, I see this. This is the shit that got me fucked up. 
These motherfuckers want to try to compete with Popeyes and shit like that, making a Royal Crispy Chicken and all that. Motherfucker, you have, like, you get what I'm saying? If I was a lone chicken sandwich, you get what I'm saying? He the classic. They call him the classic. All type of shit, man. He got to be sitting in the back looking at these niggas like, look at this whole ass shit. You know what I'm saying? They like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like the motherfucking long chicken sandwich. That's like the, that's like the milf. You get what I'm saying? That's the old bad bitch. And all these little chicken sandwiches right here. That's these young TikTok hoes, man. What you want? You want you an old classy bitch, or do you want a young TikTok hoe? I'm down with the old classy bitch and that motherfucking long chicken sandwich. That motherfucker saves you in overseas. You know when you go overseas, man. Um, you go try to get a burger. From like a regular restaurant or some shit. These motherfuckers got sunflower seeds in a burger. Y'all ever had that? No. Nigga, pissed me off. <laughs> so I, when I'm overseas like in Europe and all that shit, I just pretty much eat fast food for the most part. I don't really go to like, I don't, I don't, I don't try their restaurants, man. Unless like, you know, like my manager get, you know, recommended something that's like super crazy. You got to go check out. So for the most part, I'm eating fast food over there. And yeah, the long chicken sandwich has saved my motherfucking life. Shouts out to the king. Only thing about the king, man, that fucked him up, man, was that nigga on the airplane. Kick this bitch off the plane. <laughs> I think that was bad press for Burger King, man. Because that's like now I'm wearing a, if I see a white dude with a Burger King crown on his head, I'm terrified of that nigga. I'm crossing the street. Yeah. So anytime you just see it, I, 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 so, so now I, I hope they got rid of, they shouldn't sell those no more, man. He fucked them up, man. He fucked them up, man. He fucked them up. So yeah, that's like, that's like a MAGA hat to me. I see a white nigga with a Burger King crown on, I already know what he doing. Kick that bitch off the plane. All right. That's it. <laughs> I love y'all motherfuckers, man. I'm out. But hey, Daddy Brown, it's the Daddy Brown Show. Shout out to Wild Studio, the Booth Boys with me. Peace. <laughs>